Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you? You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation. I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program. Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. I'm so excited about today's episode. This is a topic that has been brought up a lot in my DMs, in the Successful Women Great Relationships Facebook community, everywhere. I feel like it is time to talk about this. So we're going to dive in. Before I do, a little funny story for you. I, um, we all have had this experience at one point, ladies, where you have to send someone to the store to get your feminine products, aka tampons. And I just want to shout out the men who have braved that task. Um, so I sent my partner yesterday, my boyfriend to the store because I was having the worst period cramps of my life. I'm sorry. I know that's TMI. Felt like knives in my ovaries. If you know, you know. And this man, so he called me probably seven times and I walked him through very patiently. He really wanted to get it right. 
I think he bought enough to last for the whole maybe rest of the year. Um, he came back with like four boxes and they're like the 80 pack. And then his whole thing was, well, I don't know how many you use in a day, like seven. And I about died laughing. So anyways, I am stocked up. Um, shout out to all the men that have ever braved that task. We appreciate you. You're the real MVP. Anyways, let's get into it. The question that I saw in the successful women's group that's also been in my DMs that occasionally I get emailed, this reoccurring question broken down in its most simplest form is this. How do we cope with mental health diagnoses and a dysregulated attachment system? So experiencing a mental health condition while struggling with anxious, avoidant, or a disorganized attachment style. How do you navigate both? And I acknowledge that since I have a doctorate in clinical psychology and I have a ton of clinical training and hours uh, operating as a psychologist, that being able to answer this question does set me apart from other coaches in the coaching industry. And this was one of the reasons I felt so called to enter the coaching industry, because I knew that people needed someone who could hold the nuance of mental health and coaching on relationships. So I understand this question. It's a good one. I want to do my best to answer it. I will say this is very nuanced. There's going to be things that are particular to your situation. If you're needing that specialized help, please make sure that you get it. You deserve it. Please don't wait. You do deserve to get the help that you need. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive in. Let's start with the mental health diagnoses. Um, obviously, many of you know that I am a clinical psychologist, that I have functioned in that way for years. Um, and in my doctoral training, we are trained on the DSM. And the DSM is this little book. Well, actually, it's huge, but it's a book of all of the mental health diagnoses. And there's codes. And what I have found is some people, clients, I'm not talking about psychologists, some clients will use their diagnoses in an unhelpful way. And I'm not saying that's you. And I think diagnoses can be helpful. But I just want to give this caveat that sometimes when we say that my identity is this thing, such as, well, I am depressed. No, you are someone who struggles with depression. So anytime I'm talking about mental health diagnoses, I need people to understand It is not something to be taken on as your identity. 
to define you, to say who you are. It's simply a framework. It's it's simply a coding system, if you will, to better understand your experience. And I, I do want to acknowledge, of course, there's a lot of empowering pieces there when you understand your diagnosis. It helps you understand it. He's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going crazy. I've had so many patients say that. I'm not going crazy, right? This is a real, this is an understandable phenomenon. This makes sense given my experience. So diagnoses can be incredibly helpful, but I really don't want people to take them on as their identity. Okay. And a dysregulated attachment system and a mental health diagnosis are oftentimes going to co-occur or be comorbid. Um, so there is research on this in particular. And what I know for sure has been linked is an anxious attachment style with depression, which makes a lot of sense because when you experience anxious attachment, there's that feeling of hopelessness, helplessness, like you have no control. And it can it can definitely lead to feelings of low self-worth, right? So one of the things I want to make clear is that it can happen that you're going to experience mental health symptoms, depression, anxiety, um, even OCD, relationship OCD. It all can co-occur with a dysregulated attachment system. This also includes PTSD, complex PTSD, which is usually linked with relational trauma. Um, this also includes personality disorders. We look at borderline personality disorder, um, schizoid personality disorder. There is a linkage between your attachment system dysregulation and mental health diagnoses. So then we get into, and y'all, I feel like I'm teaching a class on clinical psych right now. So please just bear with me. I'm trying to break this down as simply as possible. So if it sounds too simple, you're like, yeah, I get it. Just know like I'm just trying to make this information as accessible as possible so that anyone could understand it. So let's continue. All right, class. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. At one point, I did want to be a college professor. And who knows? I might just do it someday. If I did, it would be in Bozeman, Montana. And I'd be teaching for the Bobcats, which is the enemy of my undergrad, the Montana Grizzlies in Missoula. So that would be a unique plot twist to my life. But anyways, MSU Bozeman, y'all hiring for an adjunct professor? I will come. I will teach on attachment theory. Just putting it out there. Anyways, I am full of tangents today. 
So here's the thing I need you to know. With mental health disorders, there's something called a diathesis stress model. This is the idea that there are many factors in developing a mental health diagnosis. There are biological factors. There are your environment, right? There are the factors of traumatic events happening, uh, access to support. You have um, a lot of modern day psychologists, including things like um, identity, demographics, social economic status, etc. There's all kinds of factors in whether someone develops a mental health condition. Um, With the diathesis stress model, it's this idea that yes, there are biological predispositions. So you may be more likely to experience a mental health condition based on your genetics and your biology. And you could have someone, two, two people with the same predisposition, and one person has the life events and they have the lack of support and the certain conditions that then cause the mental health condition to develop. And then you could have the other person with the same exact biological predisposition. They've done this with twin studies, right? And you have different life experiences, different levels of support, etc. And the mental health condition does not develop. So we can understand that there are all kinds of factors in how a mental health diagnosis is is created. Um, <clears throat> and here's the deal. Attachment, your attachment system is similar in that you do have biological predispositions and your environment and your um, attachment objects, aka your caregivers, your primary caregivers play a huge role as to what develops and your early romantic experiences as well. So we have all, all these different factors And what I would want you to think about is that understanding your attachment style and your ways of being in relationships, that is part of your overall functioning. That is part of your mental health picture is understanding your attachment style, right? And What I want you to understand is that any time we have a mental health condition, let's just take, let's just take depression. Okay. So we have a major depressive disorder, moderate, chronic type, and this is someone who's been struggling with it and um, they have not been able to work through it. It's become chronic. There are what we call maintenance factors in that diagnosis. That means 
that there are things that are maintaining the diagnosis. And many of us, if we don't go to therapy, we don't have a good psychologist or we're not investing in our treatment at all, we don't even realize what those maintenance factors are. We don't have awareness of it. So we can't change them. And there are things that have developed over time. And a lot of us, like I said, it's just out of our awareness. Okay, what's maintaining this depressive disorder for me? Um, an attachment style is one of those maintenance factors for mental health. So let me let that sink in for a second. So how you are relating in your relationships is likely having an impact on your overall mental health. Here's the other thing. Another relationship that's happening is the way that your mental health is functioning so whether you have anxiety, maybe you have C- CPTSD, maybe you have borderline personality disorder, right? However your mental health is functioning is also impacting your attachment style. So there's definitely a connection between the two. And the research on this is pretty interesting and in that you can, in fact see improvements in your attachment style and improvements in your mental health, whether you work on your mental health or you work on your attachment style. So I want to read you guys something and I'm I'm hoping that this makes sense. I understand it's actually the first time I'm talking about it. So usually for me, when there's something new that I'm talking about, I get better at explaining it. So bear with me. But we are going to take a look at this article. And I think this is going to help you. All right. So this is called An Attachment Perspective on Psychopathology. This was published in 2012. So not too recent, but it was one of the only articles that I could find. Um, So let's take a look. If attachment, quote, if attachment insecurities are risk factors for psychopathology, then the creation, maintenance, or restoration of a sense of attachment security, aka having a secure attachment style, should increase resilience and improve mental health. According to attachment theory, interactions with available and supportive attachment figures impart a sense of safety, trigger positive emotions, and provide psychological resources for dealing with problems and adversities. Securely attached individuals remain relatively unperturbed during times of stress, recover faster from episodes of distress, and experience longer periods of positive affectivity, spelled with an A, so having a positive affect means being in a good mood, which contributes to their overall emotional well-being and mental health. I love this research because it backs up 
my career and my experience of helping people move towards secure attachment and myself included. I don't talk about this very often, but as I was experiencing dumpster fire after dumpster fire of relationship in my dating life, right? Um, Of course, my mental health was suffering. And of course, those things were connected, right? My attachment style, my disorganized attachment style, one of the most painful attachment styles, um, was wreaking havoc, of course, in my dating life, but also on my mental health. And I was struggling with depression and anxiety. (laughs) And I believe, um, you know, I, once again, as I said at the beginning of this episode, diagnosis, I have a very interesting relationship with diagnosis where I, I didn't take it on as an identity I didn't really, I I just never felt like, oh, I'm a depressed person. But yes, I was diagnosed with depression and I was someone who was struggling with depression and definitely had weeks where I could not get out of bed um, and lots of low self-worth and at my lowest points, suicidal ideation no plan or intent. If you're in the uh, health world, you know that um, ideation is one thing, but it's at a different level of severity when there's plan or intent. Um, But yeah, absolutely. As I did the work, as I did exactly what I help women do, which is learn to become the securely attached version of yourself, As I did that, my mental health concerns went away. They went away. And part of that is, remember what I said, your attachment style, your way of being in relationships is a huge maintenance factor in your mental health. So when we can change something that is maintaining poor mental health, we can improve your overall mental health. And this was one of the reasons why I launched this this business, why I created the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program, because I knew the power of helping people become their securely attached selves. And I knew the impact that that had obviously on their romantic relationships, but also on their mental health and their overall well-being, right? So new ways of being in relationships, new beliefs about relationships, new beliefs about yourself, new ways of communicating. All of this is taught in the program of how do you communicate assertively, right? How, how do you set boundaries? How do you navigate conflict? Having all of those tools, when you get to a place where you become that version of you who can navigate relationships in a healthy way, undoubtedly, your mental health is going to improve. So I have people ask me, they say, well, how do I deal with my attachment style when I have 
a mental health diagnosis, right? That's the question. So now that I've given you all of this information, I hope you can see that one of the best things you can do for a mental health diagnosis is to work on your attachment style. And it's a very tangible thing that you can work on, right? Um, And that's why I created the Empowered, Secure, Loved program, because I knew that people needed a way to specifically work on becoming securely attached. Um, And then the other thing I would say is just having this realization how the two are connected, even just listening to this episode should help you with how you're navigating your mental health concerns. And I will say this, I work with women in the program all of the time who also have a therapist and they'll work with their therapist on the mental health piece and they will come into the program and work on the program to help them in their attachment style. Um, So I do believe that both are helpful. Um, And it is really important to understand that just because you've been given a diagnosis, just because that's how your reality has been for years, maybe you have a decade or more of having a certain diagnosis, I want you to understand that that does not have to be your reality forever. And maybe it is something that, yes, you will be aware of for the rest of your life and you will have to notice if there's times where you're regressing, maybe there's old ways of being that are trying to sneak back up, but you really can heal even personality disorders. And there will be psychologists who disagree with me on that. And I don't care because I've seen it. So even people diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, even narcissistic personality disorder, you know, with someone who's really motivated and who has the right treatment and the right tools, there can absolutely be progress. You can absolutely experience new ways of being. So I do believe that the ESL program is the only program that specializes in attachment theory that is founded by a clinical psychologist. And I do take some pride in that because I know that what I teach and what the program offers is a different level of depth and support. And it has the awareness of how doing this work impacts mental health. And there are things that are in the program that I know will help you with moving towards secure attachment, and they will help you with managing any of your mental health concerns. In a nutshell, what I love about the Empowered Secure Love program is we do not directly treat a mental health diagnosis. However, when people come through the program and they experience the securely attached version of themselves, it is typical that they also see improvement in their mental health. So, 
by treating the thing that's maintaining mental health concerns, we also treat the mental health, right? And I think that that's an important thing for you to think about in your life. If you are struggling with a mental health disorder, what are the things in your life that are maintaining that? Is it your lifestyle? Is it the friends that you have? Is it the job that you hate? Is it, um, gosh, you know, there's all kinds of things. Is it the inability to let go of the past and not getting the help that you need in order to fully release the past, right? Get really honest with yourself about what is maintaining your mental health concerns. This is an episode unlike any episode I've ever put out. I hope it was helpful. I think it was. It might have just brought up more questions, and that's okay. If there are more questions after listening to this episode, one of the best places to let me know about that is inside of our Successful Women Great Relationships Facebook community. You can go in there. Um, There is a link to it in my Instagram bio. But when you join that community, if you have a question for me, you can simply post it and tag me and I will do my best to see it. My team should usually let me know when that happens. Uh, But I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful. And just FYI, in case you didn't already know, I am hosting a three-day challenge. It is Securely Attached Summer, SAS, and that is happening in the Successful Women Great Relationships Facebook community. And we do have a sign-up link for that, and that is in the show notes. So make sure you sign up. I only do this about twice a year. And I probably won't do another one until December or January. So I don't want you to miss out. Make sure you sign up for that. And of course, you know, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.